And then are we live? Okay, let's see. Yo, yo, yo. Check, check, check. One, two, one, two. Check, 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 check. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Check, one, two. We are making sure we're live before we actually go live. You know what I mean? So I do see that we're live here. Amazing. We got some good stuff coming. I know you guys can't see me. Uh, we're about to start the intro, and then my picture will come up. So here we go. Tell your peoples, peoples, peoples about the show right now. You got time while the intro's playing. Welcome to the Joel Friday TV podcast. I am Joel Friday. Bienvenido. Welcome to the show. Amazing. It's another Tuesday. Joel Friday here on a Tuesday. It's amazing. Topics we're going to be covering today. Okay. Let's get right into it. Topics we're going to be covering today. Last week's topics was hip hop artist So Callous interview. So last week we had a good friend of mine named. Jason goes by So Callous, who dropped his album. We did an interview on him talking about hip-hop, what he's doing with hip-hop, and where he's going with his old perspective on uh, how he views the industry and stuff like that. We just got into a lot of stuff. So you want to make sure you go check that out. And we talked about um, the state of hip-hop, and we also brought in Hassan, who is also makes music, producer, rapper, and he's fire too. And we talked about hip-hop and all that good stuff. So if you missed that, you could check that on last week's episode, episode 19, where we talked about all that good stuff. Okay? Make sure you go check that out. Today's topics, right? A few of them, you know, we're going to see how the the show goes and how it flows. But we're definitely going to get into some stuff. So one of the topics is my interaction with the demon. We're going to talk about that today. My interaction, my recent interaction with the demon. We're going to talk about that. And uh, I really want to get into where men tend to go wrong in relationships. I really want to get into that today. So we're going to be talking about that. And also possibly a topic in regards to, and I say this in quotations, You're not female, you're just feminine. I'm going to leave the title as that. You're not female, you're just feminine. Okay? We're going to get into that. If you don't know what that means, you're just going to have to wait. Okay? So we're going to get into those topics. But before we get into those topics, you know what you got to do first. You know. Hit the like button. 
Smack it. Lay the smack that on the like, share, and subscribe button. Tell your peoples, 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 peoples about the show so we can get the subscribers up and get the message out. You still got time. Make sure you do it. Make sure you do it. Also, this is a talk show, so you can call in. 888-775-3773. You can call in, and we can chat. We can talk. We can argue. We can fellowship. All in the name of Jesus, I'm here for it all. Right? So make sure you do it. Call in 888-775-3773. And if you cannot call in, maybe you're at work, maybe you're too busy, maybe you're a little shy, whatever, 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 right? If you don't want to call in, you can send a super chat with a message or a comment, and I can answer it or chat with you there, okay? You can do that um, by going to the chat box on the YouTube. At the bottom of the chat box, you'll see, like, uh, a smiley face and a plus button in the middle. I don't know if it looks the same on all on all devices, but there's a little money sign, and you can send um, a super chat there, and you can write a question or comment. Or if you just want to support the show, you can also just support the show, and it's much appreciated. And I will make sure I read those super chats live on air, so we can interact live on air, and I'll make sure I shout you out. And all that good stuff, right? So there's definitely ways other than the phone that we can communicate. Because I can't always look at the actual chat. By the way, shout out to the chat. What's going on, y'all? How y'all, chat? Amazing. Hope y'all are well. Make sure you still tell your people's people's people to get, get into the chat. We got some good stuff that we're talking about today. So you want to get as much people as possible here listening to the show, Okay. Even if they don't listen to it now, send them the link anyway so they can listen to it later, right? Because there's, if the Lord is willing, we're going to get into some stuff today. And I think it would be good for men to hear, guys, who men who are overcoming, um, you know, ladies that are, are trying to understand um, what a man should look like. I think it's just going to be a good message in general. So make sure you... uh. Share the show and tell people to tune in right now. Right now. Okay? Amazing. Did I get everything? I think. So, life just be happening throughout the week. It just be happening. Life just be going. And so much stuff be happening. And uh, over the weekend, I had an interesting experience. Uh, and callers, give me a second. I'm going to get to uh, some calls soon. And I'm also going to get to some Super Chats. Um, but just hold for a second. I will get to you. Let me just start off the show. So I had a very interesting weekend. Um, I was walking. No, I wasn't walking. I was leaving my place where I live. And I was driving down the street, just leaving my little area. And as I'm driving down the street, like on my block, I see um, this homeless lady. And this homeless person is like on private property. Now, I live in Los Angeles, so I see this and deal with this stuff like not like a lot, a lot, a lot, but enough, right? Here and there. And this homeless person was on private property, and usually they'll go in and out of private property. So they'll be on there for a second, you tell them to leave, then they just go, right? But this time this lady was, like, on private property and making a mess, right? Just just doing the most. 
And I was driving, and um, I couldn't pass it. I couldn't pass it up. I couldn't keep going. It was just I had to say something. So I pulled over, and I got out the car, and I told the the lady, I was like, you got to go. You can't be here. And I said it, you know, firmly. So uh, I knew that she wasn't going. I, I didn't say it nicely. And I did that purposely because um, she shouldn't be there. And she know, you know, you shouldn't be there. So, um, hold on, I'm trying to find where I left off. So I said, you got to go. You can't be here. And right away, she starts screaming. <laughs> right out of the gate, she just starts screaming, which was kind of expected, right? Um and she just started screaming. But the language she was screaming in wasn't English. It was like tongues, right? And immediately I could tell it was a demon. Immediately I could just see. Well, everybody really, a lot, most homeless people are dealing with their demons and they become subject to the voices in their head. So they actually are more possessed than the average person. Everyone's possessed with the ego, right? but more possessing the average person because they're subject to their thoughts and they kind of fall into them. So then they act, you know, they're talking to things that don't exist. You know how it goes, right? But she was really just loud and, and speaking in these tongues, right? And it was very interesting because I'm thinking the whole time, like, I can see clearly this is a demon right now, right in front of my face. So she... She's yelling and stuff. She tries to throw water at me, and she misses. But she's yelling. But I'm not moving, right? I'm st- like, I'm still, like, I'm not moving. Because I've dealt with this before, and I also have more of an understanding from dealing with it. But just, you know, the spiritual side of things and how it works and, you know, and why people are doing the things that they do. Like, I've learned more and more over time what that means. So I'm standing firm. And she just screaming, like, at the top of her lungs in this, like, language, it's like tongues. So obviously I seen it was a demon. So <laughs> um, what I do is I say, and I'm not even lying. This is, this is what I do. I say, in the name of Jesus, I cast that demon out of you. <laughs> and I say, in the name of Jesus, I cast that demon out of you. In the name of Jesus, I cast that unclean spirit out of you. And then she keeps getting louder. And she's getting louder and louder and louder. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I cast that unclean spirit out of you. Mind you, my street is like busy. So there's a bunch of cars going up and down the street. And everybody's watching because the cars are, are stuck at the light. So everybody's watching. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I cast that unclean spirit out of you. And then she keeps getting worse. Now, mind you, I wasn't yelling it. Like, in the name of, I wasn't yelling it because then it would have been like two crazy people you know, talking back and forth. So I wasn't yelling it, but I was just dealing with the situation with her. You know, I wasn't trying to make a scene. I was just dealing with it with her. And I was saying that, and she was, you know, wilding out. But I noticed as that she's screaming at me, she's facing me, but she can't look at me in the eye. You know what I mean? She's not looking at me. She's screaming in tongues, you know, like the demon's going crazy, but she's not, like, looking at me. She's looking elsewhere. And it was interesting because I seen exactly what was going on in that moment is that Satan has no power, right? All he can do is deceive 
and intimidate. So what Satan loves to do is he loves to get loud and hear all in front of you, and he loves to intimidate you, try to make you feel fear, but he has no real power, so he'll just get loud and try to scare you. And that's what was happening. She was trying to be loud and being, you know, Satan through this lady, right? Was getting loud and and um, trying to intimidate me and try to like, I don't know, speak in tongue, whatever she was doing. And um, it wasn't working. And meanwhile, it wasn't working. She can't even look at me. And that's because she's scared out of her mind. Because Satan ha- is all emotion. He's all ego, right? So he has fear, right? So... The reason why she can't look at me because she sees when you stand firm and you know what's going on, she sees the light in you. And the light in you scares the heck out of them. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I'm sitting there and I'm standing firm because I've dealt with this before. And I'm just saying it like in the name of Jesus, I class it, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. And eventually she keeps screaming and then she walks away. And then she's gone. And it was interesting because um, deep down, I knew that I didn't have to do much. I just had to be there, right? And I had to stand there. And I didn't have to put my hands on her. We didn't have to get to that point. But I knew deep down that if I stood there, eventually that, that power would get her to leave. And let's just say that she still has the demon, right? The demon wasn't cast out in the name of Jesus. That's not the point. The point is that when these situations happen and you see things that, that aren't right, then you speak up about it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you got to put your hands on them. But what that does is now they know, like, man, if I do this, I might get some action back. I might catch some smoke. And that was the whole point. I just want to let her know that um, you can't do this. You can't be acting this way on private property, right? And that tension is enough to get them to second think the next time they come around, right? And um, so I've dealt with that those situations multiple times, and you can clearly see the demon. You can see the demon if you really look. And I live in Los Angeles. Maybe maybe it's not as heavy in other places, but you can see the demon in their faces, right? And um, it doesn't mean that when I approach the situation also that I don't feel fear. Or, like, I still feel that fear, right? But the understanding... Um, of what's going on helps me stay clear and helps me still act. And you still are supposed to act even though you feel that way. Because there was a time to where I felt that fear and I was like, dang, this one, this this, this person right here might, might actually do something. And it was one time I was with my students and this homeless man came up and he was getting loud and crazy. Ooh, and I felt that fear rising up like, oh, shoot, what I'm about to do. And even though through that fear... Um, I was still able to see what to do. And then you just deal with it appropriately, right? And not every time you're successful, not every time um, uh, you may have the upper hand, you know what I mean? Because you're still trying to understand, like, what's, understand the situation. Because these homeless people, they're crazy. They can do anything, right? But it's learning the source that's in you, that's, that's, that's uh, more alive in you and less alive in them, Right? And understanding that helps you deal with all things in all people, not just homeless people, but in all people, right? But with this one homeless person, when I was um, feeling it, I was like, oh, shoot, this one. Whew. Devil might be winning on this one. 
But I seen in that moment what to do, and I just dealt with it accordingly, right? And you just deal with it. You know what I mean? And you just go through that fear, but it's definitely demonic. But I think the world has been taught by movies and everything how scary uh, evil is, and they make it out to be so scary and intimidating to make you not want to face it when in all actuality, God is scary. God got the power. You know what I mean? It's, it's not Satan the one. Satan has zero power. He can only just deceive us into believing things and intimidate. And if he does that, he don't got to use nothing. But God's the scary one. God got the power. But God is in us. It's in all people, right? Even the homeless people. Even the people who are um, possessed. It's just that they tend to fall and lean and trust and believe more into the things of the ego than of the spirit like the rest of the world does, right? They fall into those things. But if you see an angry person on the street, but they're not homeless, that's possessed. If you see yourself get angry, possessed. If you see yourself uh, uh, looking at a woman and imagining what she looked like without the clothes, possessed. We all do it, right? Possessed, but on a small scale. And oftentimes the scale is so small, we don't often deal with it. We don't deal with it because the scale is small. But it's possessed. It's the same spirit. It's the ego. And it's Satan playing the games to get you to look, to touch, to act, to say. You know what I mean? So the homeless people and people you see it in a dramatic way, they're just more, they're just deeper into the ego, right? And more deceived by the enemy. But, oh yeah, I was, I, that was a demon. Speaking tongues and everything. But she just left. But I definitely wanted to share that story because it was so interesting. And I had a, another situation where uh, a guy was like, there was a FedEx truck in the middle of the street. And nobody was in a FedEx truck. You know how they park in the middle of the street, put their hazards on, and go deliver the package? Well, the homeless guy was walking up. And I seen it. And in the moment, I wasn't trying to be bold. I wasn't trying to be none of that. I just seen it. And in the moment, um, I said, um, I said, no, don't go in there. Just like that. Nothing crazy, nothing like mighty. I just said, no, don't go in there. That's not for you. And then he backed up and just and then just like walked away. It don't take much. And we be we be so afraid of um what we don't understand. But we have to at some point, as we see clear to do it, deal with these things. Because, um, and face the fears, right? Because um, that's the only thing things are going to, the only way things are going to come back to order. So anyway, that was my interaction with the demon. Amazing, right? Interesting stuff, right? What do you guys think? King of possessed. King kind of possessed. There are no mother. Anyway, amazing. So 
my main topic today that I really want to get into is men's approach or where men go wrong in relationships. But I have realized something so simple. It's crazy. It was so simple that it helped me, like, shape the show and put this all into perspective about men and about relationships. Was I was working out. What was this? What was today? It was yesterday. I was working out. And I was doing, like, chest like this, right? But my shoulder has, like, a little pop. My shoulder was hurting. And I was having this pain, so I was I was hitting my workout, boom, and every time I would come back like this, my shoulder would pop, boom. And it would pop, boom. And my workout was like, I was getting the workout, right? It was good. And then my shoulder kept holding me up, right? But normally in the past, I would be like, don't be a beta. Just keep pushing. And then when I do that, I end up hurting my shoulder even more, right? So I'm like, you know what, this time... I'm not going to push it. I'm just going to, like, take it easy because of my shoulder. I don't want to overdo it. It's not worth it. It's fine, right? So I, like, just, like, catered to the pain a little bit and, like, took it easy. But I realized this was so interesting. I realized that when I took it easy on my shoulder, the pain left. And it was so interesting because I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it easy. And then as soon as I started taking it easy or, like, not even taking it easy, but the thought in my mind, the idea of, like, okay, like, if you have to stop, you can stop, right? There was no pressure to push past, right? When I did that, the pain left, right? And it was so interesting to me because I'm, like, so as soon as I was willing to cater and, and work around the pain, on my shoulder is when um, the pain and the pressure and everything to push past it left. The click was gone, right? And I was able to, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about hurting it, right? And I was still able to get the sets in as normal. So it got me to thinking, and I don't know how this connection was made, but it was made, and we're going to get into it. But I realized that when it comes to strong men in relationships, right? Strong men. And I'm going to get into um, both sides. But strong, when it comes to strong men in relationships, where men tend to go wrong is we try to either change the person or we go too hard. Okay? And this has to do with a lot of Christians. Men in general... Because men seem to be the tougher vessel um, naturally, right? Um, but we tend to try to change them or we go too hard. And we end up losing a battle, right? And l- losing the girl or um, doing more damage than we intended. We end up losing a battle, trying to be tough, right? Trying to push and push and push. Not even realizing that We're doing damage. We're just trying to speak what we feel. We're just trying to speak what we see. That's wrong. That's right. Don't do that. Right? We're just speaking what we see, and we think we're being helpful. Right? But that strength often can be like a double-edged sword. Right? It can do a little damage. So, and like the shoulder, 
you want to just push past it. Just push. They'll be fine. It's fine. Just push. They'll get it. This is the truth. This is logic. Keep giving it because this is the truth. They'll get it. They'll catch on. Right? And then you push and push and push, and you end up doing the damage. You hurt the shoulder. You hurt the other person involved. Not even realizing. Right? So then I realized that when I stopped and served and catered to the injury is when the le- there was less pressure to push past it and is when it actually was okay. There was more strength that was added. So it made me connect it to when we take the time to understand what the woman may be going through. And this could be a woman to man, man to woman, or uh, father to son, daughter, whatever, any relationship, right? But I'm going to use relationship as an example, like a boy and a girl, is that when the male is um, understanding of what the female is going through, how she's reacting to these things, the, the, the proper uh, man will take time to serve the needs. So what I mean by that is you serve them where they are, right? You serve them where they are. So in other words, you accept them. You accept them where they're at. You don't try to change it. You don't try to force it with the truth. You just accept them where they're at, right? You work with where they are. And that doesn't mean that you don't speak up when you need to because serving is also speaking up when you see the proper moments, right? But what's important is the acceptance, for one, and them knowing that you're there and um, they can trust you with what they're dealing with. Them knowing that um, you mean well. Right. You're approaching them properly. Right. And um, that's what I realized when I made the connection. I'm like, wow, it's like as soon as I took the time and catered to the pain and I don't be I don't mean catered as being silly, like silly stuff. But I mean, in like understanding that my shoulder needs attention and if I overdo it, I might hurt myself and it's not going to be worth it long term. But if I take it a little bit easy on the shoulder pain, if I go a little bit lighter on it, if I don't go so hard, if I let up a little bit, then um, it'll heal, right? And that's exactly what happened. And the slower you go, the faster you get there. Nick said the slower you go, the faster you get there. Right. I think that's. I think he's, he's talking that in relation to what I'm saying. But it makes sense. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that, like, exactly, the slower you go, the faster you get there. Take your time. Be patient with the person, right? Because they may not see it the way you see it, and also females, they they feel things differently. We know that. All people in general are, are sensitive in some way, for one. We're offended in some way, but we know how females are. And it's important that we don't be weak with them, 
but we be understanding and we be gentle when we need to. Why though? The question is, why would I do that? Why would I do, why would I be, why would I want to lower myself to meet them at where they are? And I'm just thinking hypothetically of what a man might be thinking, right? Why would I want to soften me down to meet meet another person there and walk on eggshell? You don't want to know why? Because if you really think about it, this is how God approaches us. This is how God deals with us. For one, he loves us as we are. He loves us as we are. There's no standard like, oh, I'll bless you when you get here. Oh, I'll, I'll love you when you get here. He loves you as you are, for one. Also, he works with you. And I've seen this in my own life. That's why I'm speaking on it. He works with you. Regardless of what you got going on, he's working with you. Right? And also, he forgives you. He holds nothing against you. Everything you've done, nothing against you. And he's all he's consistently still there working with you, letting go all the things you did when you cussed them out, when you said you hate them, when you did that, when you did this, he's still there to love you. Right. And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to go deeper than that. But God takes no offense. So he's also not offended. So when he when you say something to him or you do something that doesn't seem right in his eyes, he don't feel that and then react and give it back to you like most of us do in relationships. Oh, she disrespected me. I'm going to show her I ain't the one to be disrespected. Or I'm going to show him he ain't going to disrespect me. That's taking offense. Right? God doesn't take offense. That's why he's able to deal with this because he's not affected by the things that we do or the things we say. Why, though? Why is he not affected by those things? How is he able to do that? Because he knows who we are. That's the key. God knows who we are. So he knows that the things that we may do, the things that we may say outside of our character is not us. It's not our true nature. So it's easy for him to let those things go because he's, I know him. That's not him. He's just believing a thought or he's caught up in a feeling, right? That's why God is able to be patient and let things go and forgive. And that's how he, he, he asked us to be, right? And I realized that we can be that the same thing. We're called to be the same way. And the only way we're able to do that, for one, is if we forgive and let go of let go of all the emotions, but also be aware of the thoughts and all the things that are in the way from you actually living this out, right? But God knows who you are. And I realized in, in a relationship that I was in that when I was aware and I got a glimpse, I didn't ask for this. I didn't even know this was possible. I wasn't even trying but when I got a glimpse into the, the other person, I was able to let a lot of things go as a man. I was able to let a lot of things go that I didn't like in the other person, right? But it's not like I didn't like them. 
or, or liked them or didn't like them. It's just that I got a glimpse at who they were. So those things that they did didn't bother me as much. Because I'm like, I know this person is decent. I know this is a good person. I know this person means well. So I'm not going to hold it against them. And you don't even tell yourself you're not. You just don't. Because you see, even if it's just a glimpse, who they are. But God sees the whole thing, right? And he's trying to get us to see like that. So there's no, there will be no room inside of you to judge. Because you can see. Right? And I learned and I realized this that you learn this by learning and knowing who you are. Knowing and realizing that the things that you do are not the things um you actually really want to do. We have never as humans ever ever wanted to do any of the things that don't serve us. Sex, drugs, um, lies, rock and roll. All those things. We have never in our entire life wanted to do those things. But I'm going to tell you the trick of what happened. The nature in us, the false nature, the ego wants those things. That's the not you. It wants those things, right? So it tells you that you want them. So that when you do them, now you feel guilty because, like, why would I want that? It has no purpose. It does no good for my life. Why do I want that? It makes you feel guilty, right? So then now you're like, man, I, I could have pushed it a little bit further. I could have endured it a little bit more. I could have stopped myself from doing it because you're still thinking that it was you. But the real you, the real you, the true you never wanted to do any of those things. Ever. Because deep down, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, you're like, man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to act that way. Why did I act that way? I'm a bad person. But the because the real you knows that that's not you. We just don't know how to recognize it. But the true you is not of that at all. So that's how we let go of the guilt is by learning and growing and understanding in the, uh, the, the understanding of the fact that the not you is what's doing all the controlling of the things that we don't want to do, which is the ego. The emotions, the sex, the this and this and that is the not us. And we've been ingrained, ingrained, ingrained and taught all these things growing up that those things are good or those things are bad, so you should avoid them. All these teachings have us identifying with the ego, right? And so we we think that it's us, the things that we want, and then we're so upset when we can't stop them. And that's because it's not us. We're being controlled by that spirit. And we never wanted to do any of it. And once we realize it, and I'm still growing and learning, right? I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But once we realize it and we realize that the true us um, wouldn't do that, then you realize that it's not a big deal. Then you realize that 
Like, it's not your fault. You know what I mean? You could take the guilt off. And guess what? When there's no guilt, when there's no blame, when there's no shame, when there's no all these negative things, there, that means there's no conflict. And if there's no conflict, there's nothing that's going to make you want to escape and go do the things you don't want to do. Right? But back to the point, in relationships, when the person knows, whether boy or girl, or man to woman, woman to man, when the other person knows they can trust you because you accept them, um, you're patient with them, and you deal with them accordingly, right? Could you still should put your foot down. Don't get it twisted. Put that foot down when they need to go down. Because women respect that too. They want a man to put the foot down. Trust me. They want that foot to go down. Even if they yell at you, scream at you in tongues. Deep down and when they think about it, they're like, wow, I'm, I'm glad he did. Because nobody's done it. They crave for that. So when you do those things in the right way, but most importantly you're accepting them, they feel that trust. They know that they can trust you because they know that, that they're loved by you. And we're supposed to be examples and reflection of God. They know that they're loved by you. And guess what? This is the best part, my favorite part. When they know that they're loved by you, that's when they follow you. That's it. That's it. That's when they follow you because they know that they can trust you. You have their best interests in mind. You mean well. And what you're saying most of the time, probably, and sometimes you may be wrong, but you mean well by them and you're trying to do the best you can with them and to lead them. And they see that light in you. In the same way we follow God, So men have to get back to that. But man cannot get back to that um, if they're weak. And weak men, this won't even make this won't even matter to um, a weak man, men who are subject to women. Because um, um you're not even able to be strong with women if you're subject to women. And in order to get free from being subject to women, I'm going to wrap this up, is um, you must forgive your mother, your grandmother, or the women in your life that um, unconsciously or consciously, either one, made you subject to them. They were your, your gods in your life because maybe the father wasn't there, Maybe they exploited your innocence. You know, so many different things happen in the house. But you got to forgive your mother and your grandmother. And, I, and I'm not kidding. I'm not even kidding. When you do that, 
you regret you regain your authority over women. You will, you will have authority over women. I don't know how God be doing with everybody. So I can't I'm, I'm not going to say that that's for sure going to happen. But once you forgive those who you hate and who you were subject to and you face them and forgive them, you get your manhood back. And you will have authority over women, not control. Not I have to say that. I had to say that to some of y'all. And I've had to check myself, too. Not control, but authority over women. Authority over your family, because that's how it's meant to be, whether you like it or not. Authority. And authority is a responsibility. Authority don't mean control, you the boss. You call the shots. All that's ego. Authority is also serving, washing the feet. What did Jesus do to that lady in the Bible who the world looked at as no good? She was like, Jesus, let me wash your feet. He was like, no, woman. Let me wash yours. Jesus, Jesus himself down on earth and he washed the feet that's authority authority knows how to serve authority don't have to walk all like this all the time like uh. authority is lowly in spirit and people will still recognize you as the man, as the leader. When you ain't trying to be no leader, when you ain't trying to be no man. So forgive your mother, your auntie, whoever. It's mainly the people who raised you and stuff like that, right? Forgive them and you get your authority back. Because trust me, I was subject to women. I was subject to women. Lord have mercy, I was subject to women. I'm about to get to some super chats right now. I'm sorry, I just got to, I want to make this point. But I was subject to women. Growing up, it was so bad. I'm going to tell you guys a story. (laughs) <laughs> it was so bad Noah's Arkansas said Joel with the fake news what I say that was fake anyway it was so bad growing up I'm gonna give you guys an example I was so subject to women for one I was raised by my mother and my sister my dad was around but he wasn't in the household and he wasn't around enough and I was my dad was scary to me he was always scary, so I was always scared of him. And um, decent guy, but he always had a lot of anger, and that, that put fear in me, so I, I was always walking on I was afraid of him. But my mom and my sister were very comforting and sweet and nice and sugary. So I, like, latched onto that, and I became subject. 
Oh. Oh. Oh, I see. Noah's Ark, Kansas was responding to James saying Jesus washed disciples' feet, not women's feet. Oh, okay. But I was very subject to women. Um, And I found comfort in them. And they were my God unknowingly, unknowingly, right? So it was so bad, y'all. It was so bad that I was when I would date people, they would leave so quick because I was so silly. And I would get so caught up, right? Like this one girl I was seeing, I really liked her. I was like, I love this girl, right? And she was, uh, I was hanging out with her. And we were hanging out at her house, and we were just hanging out. And I really liked her, right? But I think that she just wanted, like, a friend. You know how, like, like a friend friend benefits. But I liked her. Oh, I don't really know what she wanted. Who knows? I don't know. But I I really liked her. But I was taking it too serious, right? So at one time, she didn't know how to tell me that, like, like you're doing too much. Like, you got I don't like you like that. Or, like, like, I want you to go home. I don't think she knew how to tell me. But I was just so silly and, like, caught up in this emotional love, right, that she had told me one time, like, okay, I'm going to go to a party real quick with my with my friend. My friend's here. We're going to go to a real party real quick. Ooh, this is <laughs> it's embarrassing to say, but I'm going to share. I'm sharing with my, with my peoples here. Is So she's like, I'm going to go to a party. I have to leave. I'm going to go to a party. Um, I'll be right back. Um, but I'll be back in like a couple hours. So if you want to wait here, you can. Um, but you can't wait in the house. But you, if you want to wait, you can. My silly self waited in the car longer than two hours. She went out to some party, maybe to go talk to some other guy. Who knows, right? Who knows? Left probably just to get rid of me. I sat there and took a nap in the car. I was in high school. I'll never forget. Or maybe it was like 18. Somewhere around there. But it was my teenage years. And I sat there in the car, took a nap, waiting for her to come back. What kind of absent logic? And she came back, knocked on the door, window. And I'm sure she's thinking like, what the, you still here? And then she was like, I forgot what happened at that point. She was probably like, okay, well, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. And I never went back to her went back in her house. I had to go home. How insane. But I was subject to women. All my relationships were like that. Up up my in my teenage years when I was younger, all the way up, like any girls that I liked, I would smother them with mess. Cause I was subject to women. And every relationship after that, obviously you learn and learn and learn. You, you learn more. So you try, try to do better. And you do. You do do better. But nothing really changes until you overcome being subject to women. And when I forgave my mom and my dad too, but when I forgave my mom, like, it changed. It, like, it was changing, but it, like, Change when I forget my mom.
And then you look around one day and you just realize that you deal with women differently. You just deal with women differently because your understanding changes, your need and desire for them is no longer there, or at least not as much, right? And you're able to see clear and so many things because that anger and emotion and ego you're actually getting rid of or not getting rid of, but you're, you're creating space from it so it can die. So that way you can see clear. Remember like the rubber band example that I gave, but you can see clear. So you know how to deal with ego and women in general. And then, um, that conflict is less and less and less and less. So you don't feel like you need to have a woman. You don't feel like you need to have this. You don't feel like you need to have that. And that only comes from forgive. forgiveness is the step. Realizing you're wrong for, for hating, right? Because anger holds all that stuff. Like, anger is a powerful thing. It's, it's, it's really insane. But letting go of that and then watching your thoughts, right? Meditation, silent prayer, and watching those thoughts, realizing that they're not you, that they're the whispers that 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 uh, awaken the emotions of the ego that make you act. And it ain't got nothing to do with you. If you want to live paradise on earth, peace, joy, love, then we got to let the ego die. Learn to let the ego die. And to be honest, ain't much we can really do. But do what's in front of us that we see to do. Go forgive. But we can't change it ourselves. We can't control it. We can't say, if I do 100 push-ups or if I go forgive 100 people, I'm going to be free. We can only do what's in front of us, and God will lead the rest. But we got to stop being subject to women. So to end it off is that a lot of these people today go around saying that who, who are men and they go around and they say that they're um, a female, right? We see that a lot in the news, like transgender. Or there's men who say that they're, they're male. In my opinion, I think that people just feel the, like the men that want to be women, they just feel feminine. They feel feminine. But they're not female. Because there's no feeling to being a female or a male. You just are a female. But they feel like a female, so they think it's that. But it's a feeling that comes from the ego, that comes from traumatic experiences that lead you to go into your mind, to believe these thoughts, and now you cut your thing, dang off. That's my opinion. Take it, take it or leave it. But you also don't feel masculine. But some females that want to turn into men grow up around boys. They grow up around doing boy things. I'm just giving an example. There's many such different situations. But they grow up around boys or, you know, maybe they were traumatized. So many different things that can happen. 
but they feel masculine. But that don't make you a man. You just may be more masculine than you are feminine. But something's off. Because the man ain't got no business feeling feminine like that all the time. I think there's a certain percentage amount of feminine that's supposed to be natural for a man to have. I don't know how much it is, right? But um, men are not supposed to be feeling masculine. And a man ain't got no business feeling uh, identifying with being feminine. Because no woman wants that, and, and every woman knows they don't want that. It's feelings. Great Satan's greatest deception is tricking you to believe it and then to feel it, and now you're it. But it's all a lie. Anyway, Lord have mercy. That wasn't even supposed to take that long. I had some other things I wanted to get into, but I hope that made sense. Um, let me get to it real quick, and then I got to end. Let me get to uh, some quick super chats really super quick. Chat. Super chats. And then I got to end because the, the American Anchor Baby is coming in right now in one minute. I'm just about to end it right now. Let me just get to these super chats real quick. Um, Kayla Samagi, Joel just out there scaring the white folks. I don't think I'm scary. I don't think I'm a scary looking guy, or I don't think I give off scary or intimidating. I don't think I, I give that off. So I don't know. But thanks for the thanks for the love, Kale. The key says, "Great show. Tuesdays are brighter with your show in it. I appreciate it." Key, thanks for the super chat and thanks for the love. And then Sion, Samson, Speedy, and Yeezy's little brat brother. Support. Whatever that means. All right. Thank you, Sion. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You're amazing. Um, I think I forgot to read one last week. Let me do this real quick. I have it right here. Last week, Super Chat. It was from uh, Street Chronicles. He just says thank you, but I forgot to read it. I want to make sure I read it. But thank you, Street Chronicles. Amazing. Thank you guys for all the love and support, watching the show, sharing the show, all that good stuff. Follow me across the board, Joel Friday TV, The Gifted Dance. We've got a lot of stuff coming. Make sure you tell your people's people about the show so we can get the subscribers up and the message out. Make sure you do it. I got it. And the American Anchor Baby is coming in right now. Sorry to the callers. I failed you. But we shall meet again, and I will take you right away. All right? I will. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Got to go. Until next time. Bye.
for the 